0: Welcome to the 167th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How you doing, Roger? Hey, I'm okay. So, Roger, net neutrality is back in the news. I know this is one of your favorite topics. Can you tell us what's going on?
1: It's Groundhog Day. It's literally Groundhog Day. And it gets worse. The FCC and the chairwoman Rosenworcel reintroduced net neutrality rules after President Biden made the campaign promise that the FCC would reintroduce it. And I'm like I'm just like flabbergasted of like how it got rushed through after three years of the FCC being deadlocked, right? When you actually read it, there's still spelling errors in it.
0: But but wait, hold on, Roger. Net neutrality expired and the internet went down, right?
1: <laughs> One word at uh, a uh, time, right? Isn't that yeah. what people texted that the internet would end when when the other FCC administration reversed the other FCC administration and It's just so frustrating. And where where I'm really, really disappointed in this go-around is that the evidence is even flimsier, right, than, than before. Because the FCC now even talks about the pandemic era network performance, which really was good, right? Mm -hmm. We all went and worked from home and the internet didn't crash. But apparently, according to the FCC, it now needs these rules so that it doesn't crash when it didn't crash. You know, this whole thing makes a mockery out of the FCC being an expert agency. Because... Initially, they they did like twice. They, they they tried like different rules twice. Then the FCC under under Chairman Wheeler instituted it, and under Chairman Pai revoked it, and under Chairman Chairwoman Rosenwurzel is trying it again. If this is an expert agency, wouldn't you? expect one opinion and not that the expert changes their mind every time it has a different leader, right? Isn't that the arbitrary and capricious? I'm like flabbergasted, right? And so it's like an expert agency is supposed to be apolitical and analyze it. The way it is, and it's supposed to be an independent agency. Yes, that the, the, the party in the White House picks three people, and and the uh, and the minority picks two, but it's supposed to be an independent agency, and it's so flip flopping left and right, and you know sh- Chevron deference, uh-huh. it, it, it means that courts should not review. And overturn the opinion of an expert agency, but then the question is like, which which opinion is it—the one for it or against it?
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think the other thing that comes into play here is the the major questions doctrine. So, you know, whatever you think about major questions doctrine, whether or not that's a good idea, I think this would classify as a major question. And Congress has not has not legislated on this in any way, shape, or form. And so if this is something that, that, the, that you know, the FCC should, should have a mandate to enact, let's, let's see congressmen and congresswomen get together and legislate something, right? Yes. And the thinking of the
1: Supreme Court has, has, as you said, evolved to major questions doctrine, which says, like, if it's an important question, the Constitution did not intend that the big questions should be uh, answered by by an agency, but it should be answered by the elected representative of the people, and 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 it's really funny because depending on on when you ask them, the introduction or or here net neutrality is really either a really big thing, or it's oh it doesn't matter. And they're talking out of both ends of their mouth, right? Which one is it? It's just disheartening, right? And the, the, the evidence actually flies in the face of, of the things that they have done. And the FCC has actually done a really fantastic job in in stimulating intermodal competition, right? The cable companies, as MBNOs are now growing faster than than the, the, the network operators. And the wireless network operators are growing faster or as fast as the broadband guys. And they should be very proud of that. And then they're creating this net neutrality thing, which is basically designed to stifle innovation for operators, wireless and landline, in the favor of of silicon valley companies right
0: well i mean that's that's i think that's the thing that, that most folks don't realize about net neutrality is it doesn't it applies to the isps and the and the, the operators it does not apply to you know the hyperscalers or uh, you know unless, unless they're also isps right and only in the case when they are isps right well w- one of the
1: things that that's like mind blowing is like the last the last entity that throttled people was not a network operator, either wireless or wireline. It was Elon Musk's Twitter service, right? I don't care if he calls it X or not. It's like whatever, right? But he didn't like the New York Times and other magazine and, and, and other newspapers. And so when people clicked on the, on the link for it, it like artificially delayed them, fully knowing that if you delay a link, that people are more likely to abort it and not read it. That's a net neutrality violation. If I've ever seen one, it's just, oh, it doesn't apply to them, right? And so you're like, you're like protecting people from the guys who are not doing it while you are helping the guys who are doing it. And it, it's just like frustrating as hell. It's like, and meanwhile, the FTC is suing the, suing the edge providers left and
0: right. So what is it, right? Well, I mean, I think there are, there are a lot of threats to a free and open internet. I think, you know, one of which I would highlight is, you know, one of the things we learned recently at the Google trial, right, Google's. Paying Apple thirty six percent of their search revenues for basically p- pushing folks straight to Google search. Right? If you want, you want to talk about fairness and in, in, you know, kind of co- competitive doctrine and everything else. I think of that in terms of you know, stifling the search market, which I think is probably fair to say is a bigger threat than throttling, be it for network network management or you know, whatever the case may be. The reality has been that. As you say, you know during the pandemic, we didn't have major issues with outages or capacity or anything else, and that's because the the ISPs have been faithfully and effectively managing their networks such that everybody can access the resources that they need
1: exactly with with capacity to spare <laughs> that if suddenly the whole country stays at home, it still worked really well,
0: well and I think the reality is no, nobody wants. To throttle anybody, right? I mean, it's it's not a good experience. It's not good for the broadband providers. It's not good for consumers. Why would you do it, right?
1: Especially because it's so easy to switch now. You know, I can switch within an hour my wireless carrier. I can, with with FWA, if I don't like my home internet provider, within an hour, within minutes, I have a different home internet connection, right? Right? The, the the barriers to to leaving behind somebody who misbehaves is like mind blowing. And good luck trying to get a different browser or or a different internet search provider.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think what people would say, what Google would say in this circumstance as well, competition is a click away, but there's a number of research that uh, that's been done that shows that people don't do that right people don't don't install a second browser they don't go to an alternate search provider in the vast majority of circumstances right
1: and by the way if i jump out of the window i fly too for a few seconds before i crash to the ground and i'm dead that doesn't mean <laughs> i will do it right and there's a reason why google has 90 what 7% market share 90 something percent market share I tried to quit Google and I failed miserably yeah
0: I did the same I did the same I, I think the other thing I would I would say is you know prioritization right is also something. <laughs> that Google does with paid search, right? You click on anything you click on in Google, the first first results you get at the top of the page are gonna be links that somebody paid for, right? And so again, the boogeyman that we're all looking for is is right in front of us, but it's not the ISPs in a lot of ways. It's it's a lot of the the larger hyperscalers.
1: Exactly. It's like what net neutrality does, it is it is creating an uneven playing field. And it's trying to make the network's dumb when they are just becoming smart it, it, it's like stifling innovation which it which it vows to protect and and foster and it's regulatory arbitrage of the worst case it's like
0: right i mean there's there's some question about you know how do you do slicing effectively if you're, you're you know everybody has the same transport roles, etc
1: some people say there would be difficulties others say would not i don't think slicing applies to net neutrality
0: right but it's not what you think it's what the fcc thinks right
1: yeah exactly and the current fcc thinks it really needs net neutrality and as people have probably gathered by now we both i think disagree with it all right
0: yeah, I mean I think the internet is a net good, right? And everybody should have access to it, and that access should be unfettered. But by the same token, you know the ISP should be allowed to manage their networks and where appropriate, then that exceeds what some of the rules around net neutrality would allow for.
1: And innovate without having to ask for for permission because the same the same rule that was in the that that was initially in it, I think is still in it. Where, you know, if you make a change, even if you ask for advice for, for for legal advice, we still reserve the right to change our mind and slap you for it. Right? It's like, come on.
0: Well, I think the, f- the fact remains that there there are no, there doesn't seem to be anybody that's been adversely affected by. But the lack
1: of net neutrality, right? So the lack right? of net
0: neutrality, right? So if, you, if you're taking a kind of a legal perspective on this, who would, who would have standing to say, you hurt me because you did this, right? Nobody.
1: I'm not a lawyer, but I know that the internet was built without the notion of net neutrality and has worked really well without it, right? The internet, as we know it, was created without net neutrality. And then afterwards, oh, there could be all these imaginary ills. It's like, oh, let's change the building code so that uh, buildings will survive meteor impacts, right? Because it could be. And let's put gates at gardens that withstand dinosaurs, because who knows, dinosaurs might come back. We we should look at what actually happens, not what could happen. I think we said enough about this topic, right? Yeah, I think, I think you might need a little bit of time to cool down. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll probably go to the court, It will go to the Supreme Court, and the current Supreme Court is very high on its major questions doctrine, and I think that's where it will end up.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger.
1: Yeah, bye.